Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing grants and funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I'm creator of WeGo Consulting and Amazon best-selling author for wish-granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. Want to get more grant writing and funding resources, books, and online courses? Visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com. Check out our free templates. Or if you have any grant writing or funding questions, you can always send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-W-E-G-O at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you and to try my best to answer any questions so that you can increase your funding and impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hey, change makers! It is so good to be back with you guys this week. All right. Last week we went over um, episode 042, which was a masterclass on actually writing and applying for a foundation grant application. So it was everything in one go. Today we are going to do a much shorter podcast. It's going to break down actually what you need to look for when you're applying for a foundation grant. And this can even apply for a federal grant as well. But as you're doing the research, a lot of people are asking me, hey, we want more tips on how to find grants. This will give you tips real quick on just what to look at when you're looking at a snapshot. Okay, so if you're just trying to, I mean, finding grants and researching does take time. It takes technology. And this is part of the technique that I'm going to give you today to try and just minimize your time because your time is your most valuable asset that you have, right? So if you can actually minimize your time and understand what to look for specifically when vetting all of the grants that you're doing the research for, you're just going to be able to write better grants that actually are the best fit grants. Now, the one you know thing that we see often is a nonprofit may write one, two page application and then shoot it off to 100 foundations and basically just change their salutation, you know, to say it's to that specific foundation or maybe even not even do that. That is the worst thing you can get. If you really want to, you know, minimize your chances of getting a grant, that's the way to do it. So what you want to do is you want to be smarter. You want to actually apply to the grants that you have a high propensity of actually winning. And this is a quick way to make sure that you find the best fit grant. All right, let's do this. So number one, make sure you meet the priority and mission of the foundation. Does the priority of the foundation meet your nonprofit's priority? So take the time to really read the priority of the foundation or the federal agency that has a grant out. See if it fits with what your nonprofit's project is all about. And hey, if you're listening out there and you're a grant writer, you're a freelance grant writer, you don't necessarily have a nonprofit, this means just, you know, take all of this as well. This is awesome for you guys to listen to to increase your chances of finding grants for for your nonprofit. So basically you would want to see what fits your nonprofits, um, you know, the, the different clients that you have that are nonprofits. So just u- utilize the same information and reframe it in that way. Okay, guys, so see if it fits with uh, what your nonprofit's project is all about. Another thing to look at is that the mission and the vision of the foundation. This should really fit with the aims of your nonprofit or the nonprofits you're working with. If it is completely off base and you have different values based on the mission and the vision, this may not be the best foundation to approach. Remember, applying for a grant, especially with a foundation, is about developing a long-lasting relationship. Be sure you get along for the long road, okay? So remember, it's not just about, oh my gosh, who can give me money? It's about who do we want
want to develop a relationship. That is what is important, okay? All right, number two, make sure you follow the eligibilities. So look at the eligibilities and the ineligibilities first, and they should have those, um, nine times out of town, they'll, they'll have those listed there. Uh, make sure on the website or, you know, on that grant application. So make sure that if you're applying for a project that it does not get automatically rejected due to it being ineligible. That is the worst, all right? They will throw it out before even looking at it and it will irritate them. For one thing, you're wasting your time. They're gonna throw it out before looking at it, right? And remember, once again, you are trying to develop a relationship with a foundation and if you hand in a grant that is completely ineligible, like the project, they don't even fund that project and they already said that and they stated it on their website, it is likely that they, it's kind of like, oh, here's the metaphor. It's like they were talking to you for an hour or it's like if you're out on a date, right? And say, okay, you're a girl. <laughs> you're on a date and you're talking and you're telling your date all about this and they're just kind of looking at you. And then an hour later, they, you know, they're gonna ask you for something that you said you didn't do. Oh, by the way, so, you know, do you wanna go bowling? And you first started off a conversation saying, I hate bowling, so boring, blah, blah, blah. And then a little while later, they're just like, hey, you wanna go bowling? And you're like, you weren't even listening to me. All right, guys, so that is the same thing. So you really wanna pay attention and listen by reading the requirements right? And the other thing is, that means you're not wasting your time. All right, if you're sitting here and you go, oh, I love this. This is a great grant. I want to go after it. I'm going to submit for it. And you spend, you know, you know, a whole week writing it up and then you hand it in, but you didn't take the time just to read the ineligibilities or the eligibilities and they just throw it out before reading it. So make sure you follow the eligibilities for your project, okay? Number three, make sure you have all of the required documents. The second thing you have to make sure you have is that you have all of the required documents. If it says you have to attach a copy of your IRS tax exempt status and you are still going through the process of receiving nonprofit status, then you are not eligible. Furthermore, they may ask for an organizational chart, a list of board of directors, a copy of your annual operating budget, or a multitude of other items. Pay attention to these and make sure you attach them. All right, sometimes they say they want them in the grant, and often, but oftentimes if it's required uh, documents, they want that as attachments and it will not go towards your page count. If that is not clear on their website or in the application, go ahead and contact them and find out because that could take away precious pages from your application for the the narrative part. Number four, make sure the budget ceiling is enough for your project. One big flaw that I often see is that a nonprofit gets super excited about a grant application because they fit the priorities perfectly and see that it is a perfect fit for their project. However, the one item that is not a perfect fit is the budget ceiling. For example, a foundation may only give out grants for a maximum of $5,000 per nonprofit, yet there is no way that your nonprofit could run this particular project for $5,000, but you really want the grant and you say you can. Ouch. What happens then is that if you get the grant, you will most likely not be able to meet all the goals and objectives that you promised in your grant application. That is never a good thing. In some cases, it makes it worse than not getting the grant. See? So you really want to make sure, once again, you are developing a relationship and right away in the first year, if you said you could do something and you can't and they're giving you money, that is not a good way to start a relationship. All right, so what can you do to solve this and overcome this? Well, you may have to drastically condense your grant project or just make this funded project a sub 
project under your entire project. It's a lot of projects going on. <laughs> that can be fine. So if you said, you know what, we are going to put in this community garden and you know it's going to cost you $15,000 and this grant is only going to give you $5,000, you might say, we're going to buy a mulcher for $5,000 that is a part of our overall community project. And we're going to apply for other grants to get the remaining $10,000 or we're going to do fundraising to come up with the remaining or, or whatnot. We're going to rent out the plots of the community garden to come up with the remainder of the $10,000. You know, however you can make it so it all together is $15,000. But that specific foundation is only funding a certain part, okay? But they may the, the kind of tendency there is they may not fund it if they don't see documentation that you can get the other part of the money. So you need to make sure that you outline, yes, we have this other grant in place that will fund the other part, or we have these memberships already in place that will fund, you know, for the renting out the different, the different plots of land for the community garden, or you have products that you sell, or you have a thrift store that's open where you make money, you know, something like that, that you can actually show that you can uh, supplement the whole thing. And and really, foundations like that approach. They like to say, okay, everything doesn't just rest on us because you have other support and that actually looks good. Just make sure you get letters or documentation to show that you have that support. Okay, this brings me to number five. It's a good segue into number five. Number five is make sure you identify if there is a match and if there is a matching requirement that you have the resources to meet it. So if there is a matching amount required, you must raise funds or in-kind support to match the grant. What does that mean? Well, for example, there may be a 50% matching requirement for a $5,000 grant. So you would have to raise an additional $25,000 right? 2,500. So check and see if it is a cash match or an in-kind match. In the event that it's cash match, that means they want cash, right? In the event that it's an in-kind match, then it's awesome. All right, so what's the difference? Well, that could mean something like uh, if your nonprofit's rent is provided by a corporation, your cell phones or internet's provided by a company, or volunteers tracking their hours for your project, then you may be able to include this value as your match. So you don't have to raise the cash capital to match it, but you can utilize other sources for this in-kind match, which is also called a soft match, which is amazing. But what do you need for that? Documentation. Sometimes documentation is super simple. Like, you know, if if your uh, project is going to be housed in a certain facility and you already have, uh, you know, that corporation that's leasing you the space is not going to charge you, then you would just get a copy of that agreement. Like super simple. That spells that out. The same thing if your cell phone and internet's being provided by, you know, an IT company, they have, you'll have some kind of agreement and you can just submit that. But in the case you're using like volunteer hours and that sort of thing, you do have to track that. All right. Number six, make sure you follow the narrative outline. Most foundation proposals will tell you what they want to read. All right. They, they will tell you what you need to write and what they want to read. For example, they may ask for the target demographic, the needs, the goals, milestones, and the budget. Make sure you use each of these items as headers and answer each area with sufficient information. What do I mean by using these as headers? Well, you go into your Word document, <laughs> you know, that you're going to type up to actually respond or write your grant. And I would copy and paste exactly what they ask for. They're asking, we want to see the 
a target, we want to see your goals, we want to see blah, 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 whatever they're asking for, copy and paste, put it into your Word doc and make those as headers and then answer each one of those very succinctly. That's all you do because that's what, when they score your grant, they're going to be using that, what they ask you for, right, as to score. So if you want to score high, make sure each of those are headers so they pop up, they can actually, they don't have to search and find, is that their target? I'm not really sure because they didn't spell it out, right? So make sure that's very, very clear. And that's a great way as well to underwhelm you when you're writing the grant. It doesn't seem so, oh my gosh, I've got four pages and I don't know what to write. You have the information. It's amazing. All right, guys, and we are coming to number seven. Make sure you follow the directions. If there is a four-page maximum, then don't be cute and go for five pages for brownie points. That will not get you brownie points. If anything, you won't get any. And in fact, you may get your grant proposal tossed out because you went over the page limitation. At the very least, they may just rescind the, uh, the last page. So they might just black it out entirely. All right. So make sure you don't go over that page limitation. Also make sure that you follow the page requirements of margin widths, font sizes, and other technical requirements. And that might seem like, why? And I don't know. Honestly, I think it's because there's so much, you know, they get foundations, especially I mean, even federal grants, they get so many grants coming in, right, in the door that they have to go through that they just want an easy way to vet. If people can't even follow simple directions, then they don't want a relationship with them, right? So, and they want everything to be very clear and, you know, maybe they don't want to judge it on, oh, that had a really cutesy, you know, font like it was so cool. It's like modern and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to be subjective. But they want to be able to read it, right? So they, a lot of times, I just tell everybody, unless it, it specifically says something different, use Times New Roman. Like Times New Roman is the most standard font, 12-point font, guys, that you can use. And it will tell you as well if they want it single-spaced, if they want it double-spaced. Some foundations like it single-spaced because they just want it condensed. And other ones like it double-spaced because they want to, you know, they want to on your application and they want room to kind of write or just to review it. So follow that. So once again, we will go through the seven steps real quick. First, make sure you meet the priority and mission of the foundation. Second, make sure you follow the eligibilities. Third, make sure you have all of the required documents. Fourth, make sure you follow the budget ceiling. All right, so you make sure that it's enough for your project. Five or fifth, make sure you identify if there is a match and if there is a match that you have the resources to meet it. Six, make sure you follow the narrative outline. And seventh, make sure you follow the directions. And of course, one thing I did not put in here, but I'm gonna go ahead and add real quick is pay attention to the deadline. All right, if it's already passed, you know, they already said we only open from July 1st to January 1st and that's it whatever. I don't know. I mean, every foundation is completely different. Every federal grant's completely different. But follow that. Don't send it in when they're not open unless they say we roll, you know, openings all the time. Like we have a rolling application process and that's fine if you can submit it. They're always kind of open. A lot of times you're going to come across unsolicited. We don't accept solicitations, all right? We're only, we do, we're our foundation, we give up money, but we select who we want to give it to. In that case, don't send them a full application because they're not going to review it. But do try to develop a relationship with them. You might send them some things that your nonprofit's doing because it 
fits their priority and it fits their mission. I wouldn't try to develop a relationship with a foundation that you don't know somebody on the board of directors and your pro- your nonprofit does not fit their priority and their mission and their vision because why would they want to develop a relationship with you then? All right, but pay attention to the deadlines, guys. Make sure you get it in a few days before it's due because of technical glitches. A lot of these do say email them in, but you have to follow how they would like them handed in. Some foundations also want multiple copies, hard copies, and they want them mailed in. So you really got to pay attention to, once again, the directions, the technical requirements. All right, guys, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast on all these tips for applying for a foundation grant. All right, we're going to continue this saga a little bit more. As always, send me an email if you have any questions. All right, guys, take it easy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. As always, please feel free to send me an email if you have any grant writing or funding questions to hollywego at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the grant writing and funding podcast, then I would love to ask you a favor. Please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening and go get funded.